Mr. Speaker. Time for some action. Members of Congress. Time for some action. Distinguished guests. Time for some action. And fellow Americans. Time for some action. If not you, if not you, then who? If not now, when? The time is right now. It's time to get up. After a year of debate, protests, yeah. and filmmaking, Congress has passed a health care reform bill. This is a historic evening. It's hard to believe this measure has actually passed. It's about to become law. It's been fought over so intensely. This is what change looks like. Now, as momentous as this day is, it's not the end of this journey. Time for some action. Time for some action. Time for some action. The last U.S. troops have left Iraq. The remainder of the 5,500 soldiers crossed into Kuwait on Sunday, ending nearly nine years of American military presence in Iraq. For the first time in nine years, there are no Americans fighting in Iraq. City Mayor Michael Bloomberg called the killing of Bin Laden a critically important victory. For the first time in two decades, Osama Bin Laden is not a threat to this country. The values and opinions expressed on the front page do not in any way represent those of Taxi Productions or Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. We can do this. I know we can because we've done it before. No challenge is more urgent. No debate is more important. The state of our union is getting strong. But I intend to fight obstruction with action. We have a huge opportunity at this moment, but we have to seize it. The opponents of action are out of excuses. This is The Front Page with Dominique DePrima.
from God Almighty, the ancestors, the righteous elders, and Southern California's early morning communications drum is wide open. Welcome, family. Welcome worldwide, listening online at kjlhradio.com. Uh-huh, we're starting every day with gratitude. Giving thanks to the Most High. Giving thanks to Mr. Stevie Wonder. This is his spot. He gives us this radio freedom every day. And the management and staff of KJLH Radio, our crew, Avi Bernard, air personality and associate producer, Tal Talib, associate producer and secretary of state. I'm Dominique Dupuma, your host and producer. And guess who's here? It's not even a Tuesday. You know we're doing, we're doing our sizzling summer superstar co-host series, but it is a Thursday uh, Kochi is here, Eric Nall. He's going to help me co-host today where we focus on young scholars. We have a series of shows we're doing, as you know, because I'm on one. 
We are not going to hell in a handbasket. There are lots of young people doing lots of great things out here. And I'm determined to make sure you meet lots of them so we can have uh, a positive outlook and so that we can participate in helping them to be all that they can actually be. Coach E. Eric Knoll. Good morning. Good morning, Dominique. Good morning, Front Page family. Uh, infinite possibilities to all of you this morning. I want to give a thank you to uh, Mr. Stevie Wonder for having this forum for us. And definitely want to give a thanks to Miss Dominique DePrima for always keeping us in mind uh, when she's doing these incredible uh, talks with these young people. And, um, you know, I'm here this morning with... The female principal, uh, some of the young ladies of, of the program. So I'm excited. Yeah, we um, have had a series of young scholars, men, and I call today young scholars, girls rock, because there's some young women here today who are doing amazing things. We're going to meet them. We're going to talk to them. And we're going to give you the opportunity to chop it up. Give us a call, 520-KJLH-520-5554. For those not familiar, you and your wife, and uh, let me just say happy birthday to your wife, Yvette. Happy birthday. And your little one, the Leo's in the house. Happy birthday. Yes. Um, You have started an organization many years ago, we could say decades ago, called Collegiate Search with your family. And one of the things that you do is help young people get ready for college, Prepare for college, apply for college, get into college, and then stay in college. Yes. Um, Collegiate Search is a youth organization my wife and I founded in 1986. And um, we started a program that was, you know, the, the primary emphasis was academic, where in which we would give after-school tutorial services um, to young people from, you know, ages seven years all the way up through college. And once they entered into the program, giving them the academic support, we then not only tracked them, but gave, gave them continual academic support and then helped them matriculate successfully to college. And the ultimate goal of all the young people in the program is to obtain, you know, a college degree. Um, you know, in that journey, we offer PSAT, SAT prep, uh, financial aid application assistance, you know, with some of the athletes. We actually help them go out and uh, market themselves and uh, seek scholarships. And, uh, you know, my wife and I started it, but, you know, there are some people, my sisters, Aaron and Dominique and my brother Jason, um, they are the heart and soul of the program right now. I mean, they um, do a lot of the meat and potatoes work uh, doing the tutoring and organizing the volunteer tutors and things that come in. So it's a family affair, and um, I'm excited because, you know, over these, you know, 20-some-odd years, we have um, almost 30 years, um, we've helped a lot of people go to college and get their degrees. And Literally hundreds. Yes. Literally yes. hundreds. And we have t- met some of the young uh, men in the program and uh, an occasional young woman here and there, but mostly yeah. young men. Yes. Some of have had uh, college athletic careers and professional careers. Some have had uh, academic careers. And today we're going to meet some of the young women. So that's exciting. And um, let's, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, I think that this group represents a pretty good cross-section of some of the young women here um, in L.A. You know, we think about L.A. as Hollywood, Hollywood, but we have college and high school students, or college-bound, I should say, and some in college right now. Um, Where do you want to start? Well, you you know, first thing I want to start is that, you know, 
the 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 young ladies that are here today they do represent a, a serious cross section but you they represent some of the same characteristics that you know if you've heard some of the young men come on in the program they all are very very determined they're very focused they work really hard they're athletes um, so they have a combination of many things and um, you know you're going to hear that this morning out of them the you know the first young lady you know I want to kind of mix it up today but the first young lady I want to start with this young lady is already um, at a university um, um, Morgan and she she is um, a volleyball player she's you know a a volleyball player at I'll let her explain where she's well, at. Well, we kind of have a little encapsulation here yeah. that she gave us. She goes to St. John's University in Queens, New York. Yes. But you're from LA, right, Morgan? Yes, I'm from. And uh, she walked onto the women's volleyball team last year and was introduced to Coach E through her older brother, Justin, who used to be trained by Coach E. We see that a lot Yes. when he played basketball. Morgan Thomas, good morning. Good morning. I guess you drew the short straw. You get to be first. <laughs> but Morgan, you say you walked onto the volleyball team, so you, you went to school without that athletic necessarily entryway, and right. you walked onto the team. And now you're playing. And now I'm playing. On TV. On TV, yes. <laughs> was that something you always dreamed of, or it was just something that happened for you? Um, you know, the initial goal was to always like get a scholarship and help my family in any way possible. But um, due to an injury senior year, it kind of set me back. But I just couldn't you know, visualize my life any other way without volleyball. So I decided to keep working hard and find a place where I'd have an opportunity to still play. So you had to come back from an injury. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we see uh, college careers in there. Yes. And, you know, I, I, yes, I think I warned you guys I was going to be a little bit in your business. You're from L.A., yes. born and raised here. And um, you always knew you would go to college? I always knew I would go to college, yes. So you've been always pretty studious, pretty focused. Yeah, finding that balance between, I've always been pretty active, so just finding that balance between athletics and academics. What is that balance? Um, just knowing your responsibilities and um, keeping in mind the ultimate goal of just wanting to play in college and knowing that you have to keep your grades up and doing everything you have to do. So that means sacrificing weekends to go out with friends and just always keeping in mind the ultimate goal. Are you kind of take us through like what your day is like? Because I'm sure and I'm sure a lot of you guys probably deal with this of having a life that's maybe a little more structured than some of your friends. Right. Or a lot more. So, well, a typical day in college um, or a typical day, like, here in L.A.? How about both? Okay. Um, well, here during the summer, I've been training with Coach E. So, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'll wake up at 6 and get there about 7 and train. And then I'll go home and maybe have time for a nap and then go to another lesson for indoor training. And um, on my off days, I go to um, a high school where my brother coaches basketball, and I'll lift weights there and get that done. And then um, in season at St. John's, usually every day we have training. Usually there's one day off. It's usually a Sunday. And uh, there's always conditioning and weights along with practice schedule. And we'll always just have indoor and conditioning in one day. So usually it's about two days. And then uh, during the end of the day, when you think you're done, you have to go to study center, which is where you go and you do your homework and you have a tutor, you meet with your coaches and your counselors to make sure you're on top of all your work. 
So it's it's really, I mean, we've heard this story, these stories before from other student athletes, but it seems like now um, there's more of an emphasis that they want you to be a scholar and an athlete, not just right. one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think, as a young lady, I mean, you you play volleyball? I guess you could, you know, go to the Olympics or maybe be a pro, but the opportunities aren't the same as they are for the men, are they? No, not at all. I mean, it's just as far as, especially as far as the money that possible. Mm-hmm. So where do you? How do you stay motivated and stay focused on that dream? Um, I just see it in the, a lot of the girls. Like uh, I have a lot of Missy May is my inspiration, and uh, also this year one of my teammates, uh, she was a senior, and she got drafted to go play in Europe and Spain. So that was just a big eye-opening opportunity for me because I didn't know that opportunity was available for women. So that was just something that kind of opened my eyes and made me really interested in doing maybe possibly when I graduate. But, you know, Dominic, you know, one thing I want to add, so with Morgan, is that, you know, coming up, she's a an incredible athlete. I mean, she's a top-notch soccer player also. And then when she got older, got into high school, she started narrowing her, you know, focus down to volleyball. And, you know, she's another example of why, you know, you kind of have to let your young people kind of spread their wings in, you know, different you know parts of their life so that when they do find a thing that they really love, they're willing to do to dedicate that time like she's dedicating during the summers. You know, here she's home from college, which she's had a, a rigorous schedule and you, you had a very good academic year. And, you know, normally people would come home and want to rest. And she's here working hard to make the opportunity even better for her next year while she's playing. And I think that's what happens a lot of times if you, you know, let your young person, the people, the young, you know, kids in your life, you know, let them spread their wings early on in a variety of things and then let them develop the focus and then they'll be more focused. You're saying let them more. try a little, lot of different things. A lot of things. You're not saying let them go clubbing. Oh, no, no, no. Things that develop them. So let them expand and go do a lot of things. They'll figure out what they want the most. You know, Anita DeFrance of the LA84 Foundation says the same thing. She's really big on this idea that we push too early to force them to focus on one sport or even mm-hmm. one discipline academically. And then you get the person in college who's burnout. Or who, you know, who gets a a bad injury that they can't come back from or who's clubbing. Yes. Uh, And because they're just tired by the time they get out of high school. Raven Miller is here. She goes to St. Mary's Academy. Hi. 16, Raven? I didn't know that. And it's your senior year. She met Coach E through her dad who heard about him on KJLH. (laughs) And Raven, um, you uh, play a variety of sports, right? No, just track. Just track. Yes. Okay. Um, And she's really... She's awesome. <laughs> I've seen her run. I've seen her work out. She's fast. And where do you, what are you hoping to do moving forward, like uh, in, in college, at the college level? Um, I hope to meet certain goals in my, in my events, and I hope to get – I want to go pro. I plan on going pro, so I hope I get there in the future. As a pro runner, what does that mean? That's running. That's running internationally, where you you know you get get paid to run you know um, track meets. Um, so that's that's something like most of the Olympic athletes who we'll see participate in the next couple of years, leading up to the Olympics. It's one of the few things. Okay, they call it amateur sports. But they can, you know, uh, receive appearance fees and then endorsement fees and those kind of things for the elite runners. So now track and field is starting to develop 
that type of a financial you know return for some of them putting that hard work in so she will have an opportunity if she continues on the course and improve and compete at that international level that she can earn an income first you got to get through senior year right yes (laughs) (laughs) and what about for you have you always been focused have you always been um you know just really clear about what you wanted to do yeah, I've always been focused with my senior and, I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, I kind of struggled, but I got back on course when my junior year when I really, like, got serious and buckled down, so. Mm-hmm. Buckled down, what, in, in academics or athletic? Which ones? And I, I got really serious in my academics, and I got, I kind of did both of them, serious and my academics and track, but it was mainly academics because I kept, like, falling back. And I know I couldn't do that for once to run, so I had to really pay attention to what I was doing. You're, you're one that has a super supportive dad. <laughs> yes. I mean, your dad is like the poster guy for how dad, I think, for how dad should be. <laughs> Raven's not going to run around the corner without her dad peeking around the other, <laughs> the other side going, what you doing, um, Is that... Does that help you, or do you sometimes feel like, oh, my goodness, you know? Um, it helps me sometimes just to know that he's there supporting me with everything that I do. But then again, it can be kind of in the way sometimes. It, it'll be it'll be great until you get to your dorm room in college, and there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's looking. He's peeking around the corner right now. <laughs> the famous peek around the corner. But I think it's awesome because, uh, you know, in... In your speed camp, I mean speed and conditioning camp for the young people on Saturdays, I, I call it Dad's Row. There's like a row of dads either standing there or in chairs watching the young people, young ladies and young men work out. And they're so dedicated. And I'm, I, I always think to myself, where is this on the 7 o'clock news? You know, when we see our yeah. images uh, of black men and, and, you know, and young men and how they deal with their families, you don't see dad's row. I mean, and every Saturday, here they come, 8 yes. o'clock, with their chairs <laughs> and, you know, their notepads or whatever they got going on. Water. <laughs> you know, you know they've got stats on their kids going back to right. when they were two. That's right. That's right. And you know one thing about that that, that I, I love about Dad's role on Saturdays is that they become you know comrades themselves and they watch the other dad's children succeed also i think it becomes a network for them also to talk up talk them through experiences you know that their child might be going through at their institutions you know raven is 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 extremely lucky she has an incredible track coach you know coach king over st mary's you know is a great you know track coach i've been knowing him you know for years i actually coached his daughters when they were in high school at St. Mary's and, you know, super supportive in his goal, just like, you know, a lot of the coaches in LA area is to help her be at her best and to be able to go to college for free. So it's easy to support someone like Raven when they had coaches and institutions behind them, you know, a dad like she has to help her become as great as she can be. And so, and uh, we're going to bring the rest of the young ladies into the conversation one by one. But since we've already met uh, Morgan and Raven, tell me two things, or one one thing each, or more if you are inspired, that those uh, super involved parents have done that works. Because I think, you know, we have a lot of front page family that are, you know, trying to figure out what works. Well, to best inspire their own children. Well, I know. I know. With Raven, her dad is this. This is that he allows the coach to coach 
his daughter. A lot of times, you know, when you especially, you know, he's a great athlete himself, you know, coming up. So, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're athletes, we have a tendency to think we know it all. And you know, want to kind of keep coaching our child too. And he's, you know, he gives up a lot of that to allow, you know, Coach King and whatever the coaches to to support her, do their thing with her. And she's had that marked improvement, you know, and I think that's an awesome trait. And Morgan, you know, like I said, I, tr- I trained her older brother. You know, he played basketball at Syracuse. And, um, their parent, her parents both believe in getting them the best. And sometimes, you know, they, they, they um, you know, I, well, I'll just put it this way. Her brother used to train before school in the mornings, before he would go to school. And that's a dedication that has to happen throughout the family. Somebody has to help him, you know, get him over to the, to the park and get him to school. And Morgan, you know, here she's a volleyball player, but they realize there's importance in the conditioning, and they make sure she has that. You know, parents got to make sure that they give their child what they need and then also support them in the journey, and it affects everyone. And if everyone is open to that, the young person can always strive and be at their best. I also want to hear from, from you know, the young person perspective. When you feel yourself veering... When you feel yourself going off the trail, and especially in terms of your academics, Raven, because you mentioned that sometimes you, you know, focus is, is something you have to work on. Mm-hmm. What works? What brings you back? Um, just knowing that I want to stay focused and remember that. So it's really your own goals. It's not anything your parents do, your coach does, or anything right. like that. It's just you staying focused on your goals. All right. Yes. And Morgan? Um... I would agree with <clears throat> I would agree with that, but um, I think that also just when I'm starting to stray away, like my parents are sure, always sure to remind me like what my goal is in case I'm starting to forget or just what they're sacrificing to help me reach my goal and that they're always going to be there supporting me and just they just always make sure I'm staying on track. So I just say their constant support's always been there for me. Right over here, we have a, a young lady um, who goes to El Camino College. She's a student athlete. Um, she runs track, the 400 and 800 ouch and ouch. And she's been ready for uh, going on five years. She met Kochi through, through her granddad and um, Frank Dave and, she, and started training right away. Uh, Courtney, morning. Welcome. Good morning. So, again, this is for you a lifelong dream? Uh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, so you've always, since little, since a little kid, always wanted to run and... Well, no, really since ninth grade. Like, my friend, I started off, um, running cross country, believe it or not. (laughs) And, um, I, like, I just tried it out and I was like, wow, like, this is something I might, I maybe want to do in the future. So, yeah. And, I mean, that, yeah, that race, the reason I say Edge and Alice, the 400 and the 800 are are tough races. Monster races. I mean, just from fooling around with them, I'd compare it to having a baby. (laughs) 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 And I I did do that also. Um, What's your training regimen? I mean, you must be, I see some of the stuff you do with, with Coach E, but what do you do, you know, and how do you keep that balance with school? Um, really, uh, I train early in the morning, like with coaching Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Well, just Wednesday and Friday. And um, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursday, I go with my cross-country team, and then we train. So I try to balance it because I have my classes in the afternoon during summer school. So, yeah. 
And now, this is something that a lot of young people do. They'll, you know, they'll start at a, a community college and parlay that into another kind of um, opportunity. Is that what you're planning to do? Yes, I'm planning to get like a track full of scholarships. So, yeah. So this is kind of like almost like a constant training and audition period for you, right? Yes. Well, you, well, Dominique, I mean, that's it's the everybody's journey's different, and she's you know pulling all the parts together. And sometimes you just might need to go to a you know a junior college to give you that you know that time frame to, to up the skill level in the sport or pull the academics together. Because I I really believe that she's going to be able to go anywhere she wants to go, especially the way she's you know running. So people are going to always recruit her for her athletic ability, but she's pulled the academic component together so regardless of the sport she's going to be able to enter into a school academically and 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 then you i I don't know she can probably speak to it i think she wants to go to possibly a historical black college which is another awesome thing yes i do (laughs) um i i I really i'm really looking at like towards georgia really want to go to like um georgia state or any black college, really, but I just really want to. Stay. You're also a, a, an LA person. Yes. Right? All you guys are LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. LA folks. And and I just I emphasize that because I think we start buying into our own stereotypes about what LA young ladies are all about, and I you know want to make sure we counteract that. Now you, um, you you are just really focused right now. You're training. You're going to college. But do you ever? kind of think, well, I wish I could go hang out and just hang yeah. out at the liquor barn or whatever. <laughs> the, the, oh, wow. <laughs> that was an extreme example, but you know what I'm saying. Like, just hang out and why do I have to work so hard? And Or how do you stay focused? I mean, it's a, you know, it's a sacrifice, but I mean, if I know that I want to better myself, then that's what I have to do. So. so it's not even a question for you. That's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And who do you guys look up to i mean who who do you say well that person's sacrificing so i'm going to do the same thing Hmm. um i look up to a lot of athletes that are like running right now like in the in the olympics and stuff like that like um well my favorite runner is sonia richard so (laughs) yeah so i look up to her a lot it helps to have uh people to look at and watch what they're doing um (laughs) <laughs> this next uh, young person has been with the Ultimate Transformations training program her entire life. <laughs> and even though she's not going to run track in college, she's going to Howard University next year to study political science and English. Tahira and all, good morning. Good morning. And, uh, you know, these bios are so understated because yes. they wrote them. And if I would have been in there to interrogate you guys, we would have had a lot more of, you know, the various individual accomplishments that you guys have um, been able to stack up. But you're going to Howard. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, you, uh, your parents, Eric and Yvette Nov, you know, they're famous for pushing students all over L.A. Uh, to college. And, and you, you have an incredible academic background. You could have gone to a lot of different places, but you chose an historically black college. Why, why did you make that decision? I chose to go to Howard because, well, I remember um, sitting in D.C. Um, with my dad when we were going back um, to go look at the different schools that I got into. And I remember sitting with my dad in a restaurant and I, I had seen one school before and I didn't, 
don't know, it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. And so I kind of got a little, I got frustrated thinking that I was going to have to be, like, saddled down, you know, going there. I, I don't know, just things just didn't end up working out the way that I thought they were going to with that school. And then I remember seeing Howard, and it was the second time I seen Howard. Because it was the day before, well, it was the day that we were going to leave. And um, I went and I took a tour again. And it just, I don't, I don't know, just the tradition, There's a, it's a real campus, you just feel the tradition, and just when all of the different students were talking about their experiences and what they liked about it and, you know, why I should come, I just felt like, I, don't, I believed it, like, I felt like, I felt like it was the right place because I felt like it, it was college, like, I've always wanted that college experience, and I, I really felt it at Howard. It's a different kind of experience, but it's a college experience and it's a real one and I don't know, I just wanted to be a part of that. Well, it's an awesome school. See, three of my brothers went there and they had a, had a great great experience. But I think sometimes we can discount our own, you know, historically black colleges because we're just looking at you know, looking elsewhere, you yes. know. Um, it's kind of a, a societal thing. Everybody else's ice is colder. Yeah. <laughs> um, 5.07 in the morning, we're talking with young women who are scholars and, of course, um, athletes. And to hear you've, you know, been an athlete your whole life as well. I mean, and I know that athletics is not necessarily always an end. How does that help you, even though you're not running track in college how does your experience no sorry yeah well we'll see <laughs> yeah. check with you next uh -oh. year but as of right now it's not your plan how does that that athletic experience help you with the other aspects of your career your academics this outside pursuits i think like i think like pretty much everyone else has said it teach well to me i think it teaches you how to how to make a sacrifice, how to give up things for, you know, for that ultimate goal that you, that you want to see at the end. Like, I remember when I was running track, I'd always spend my spring break um, training. And for when I was in it, I really wanted, I, you know, I wanted to be at the beach with my friends. I wanted to go do other stuff. But um, at the end of the day, I received the results that I wanted to. I could go out there. Um, during my track meets and feel like I don't know feel like I wanted to feel like you know I, I don't like to lose so when I, I wonder where you get that from <laughs> exactly, yeah, you, you, exactly but <laughs> I personally don't like to lose so I I had to put in the work before then to feel the way I wanted to at the end and I think running track um, playing sports training it 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 makes it, I don't know, it, I think it validates the fact that when I'm sitting there studying at night, you know, I know that I'm going to be able to get the, the grades that I want. I can be able, to, I, I can do other things because I put the work in. And I think it teaches you how to put the work in and how to feel okay with your decision to put the work in. How to put the work in. And also I hear all of you guys really with goal setting. You know, how to set a goal, reach a goal, and then set another goal and reach another goal. Which is something a lot of adults could, you know, really work on. Um, because we get overwhelmed trying to do everything all at once and end up getting nothing done. Um, have you, you know, we talked about this. I think everybody else. I don't know if Raven said. Um, you know, have you ever had 
you know, those times you said sometimes you want to go to the beach, but times where you find yourself veering, you know, off of your path that you've set for yourself or off the, the, the way posts that you set for your goals. And then how do you get yourself back on track? I don't, I mean, I... Some, I, I don't you, know. You're just focused. You've always been focused. Well, no, I'm not. Uh, I, don't, I can't say that. I mean, I think <laughs> I've definitely, I've become way more focused as I've gotten older. I've I've learned how to budget my time better and how to to get a lot of, of things done during my free time as opposed to, you know, procrastinating, putting it off to the last minute. But I think I've always had people behind me who have pushed me to, you know, get my work done. You know, I've always been sitting there surrounded by I have two sisters who are also you know I can't they're very driven so they push me and then I have two parents who sit there and you know tell me I I have to study sometimes and it's not something I want to hear all the time but it has helped me shape my own study habits and become the person that I feel like I want to be I think that's a good point because a lot of times you know as parents we have to do things that you know, you might not want to hear, but the the result is something that benefits you in the long run. And even, even though I think that can be a question, you know, yes. oh, well, people always say, well, you know, I'm not, you're not your children's best friend. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you can be your child's friend, but sometimes you got to be a friend that says, get it done right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, we, we disagree with that one. I, I, I know. We agree to disagree. I don't, I don't need any 18-year-old friends, you know, and, the, and especially if they're, you know, my children. I mean, one of the things that all of them, and they hear me train them from that level, that perspective, what what you put in is what you're going to get out. You say that, but you have a close relationship with your with your children oh, and yes. other people's children where they will talk to you oh, and yeah. tell you things. I oh, think yeah. when we go over to super disciplinarian where I'm not your friend, get it done or else, then we then sometimes we lose the lines of communication. Oh. And so I'll take all the 18-year-old, 17, 15, 14-year-old friends in the world, but when I say do it, that means get it done. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, 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 you, you want them to always recognize it in themselves. And, you know, I think what I'm saying is not that I don't want 18 year old friends is what I'm, is that the relationship should be a, a you know, adult young person yeah. relationship. And they got to know that with your experiences in life is what you're moving from and their experience is what's going to help them make choices and you teach them how to go through their experiences to succeed to succeed and i just draw lines with that yeah it's appropriate roles and boundaries is what you're talking about and i think that does that can get blurred um (laughs) you know and we talk a lot about that and i always uh, one of these days we're going to get you know a room full of a whole bunch of young people because i think you know it's interesting to hear from your side of the aisle, you know, from the young person's side of the aisle, what works and what doesn't work, you know, what motivates you that your parents do, what um, what helps you stay on purpose, what inspires you that, that an, an adult or your own parent has done or said for you. Anybody? Can you think of anything? I mean, I know one thing for myself, my mom always said that... Um, you put your creativity first. 
and she demonstrated it to the point where if you're actually doing something like if you can demonstrate that you're writing a book <laughs> writing an article composing a symphony I mean demonstrably not just saying you are but she has to see it afterward then she'll be like okay you don't have to do the dishes because I'd rather have you write a book and what it taught me was that that is first and foremost and you can create your way out of just about anything if you use your creative powers in your mind you can think of something and create a situation that changes the dynamic of your life your situation that's one thing that she that inspires me every day indeed i agree with that completely because the two types of people like when you're raising your children or you're teaching someone you would rather for them to function from a place of creativeness and not from a place of competition because a lot of times competition they are looking at the people next to them and yeah they're human so you don't want to set your goals based on what someone else is doing not all the time you want to base your activities on what's inside of you and to get the most out of you every moment and that's the creative i agree with that completely because that's what we i try to make sure these young people do in the program is move from what's inside of them and be more of a responder to their spirit than to react to what's outside any um are you guys excited about the olympics are you you know i was we were reflecting on the disparity of opportunities i mean you guys all f have found a way something you're interested in a lot of extracurricular stuff that you do that we'll talk about but we were also reflecting on how you know it, it's came it came out a couple days ago that many of the women athletes are traveling coach while the men are traveling first class <laughs> and in some cases the women's teams have better records like the japanese women's team you know has uh has taken national and international awards and they're still riding coach while the men are riding first class and we kind of see that i mean even though we have the wnba now it's still kind of coach compared to the nba's first class <laughs> how do you view that do you you know does it stop you does it get you fired up do you do you think about it at all raven go ahead don't be shy <laughs> um when i think i don't really think about stuff like that i just I mean, I'm excited for the Olympics, but I don't really think about the the problems, well, not really problems, but what's going on with how the women and the men are doing certain different things or something. I don't really focus on stuff. I just keep in mind what I have to do and get done, and yeah. So those are almost like distractions for you. Uh, Anyone else? Morgan? Um, well, for me, because being in an environment, like in college, I feel like I see that more. Like, uh, I'm used to seeing one team at my school, particularly being a men's team, getting more, I would say, attention than a women's team would, uh, especially when it comes to being recognized for what we've accomplished at my school. Um, and just hearing that just makes me realize, wow, so that it's not just here at my school, it's also out there in the real world, and, and especially in something so popular as the Olympics that we... You know, we all like to watch and endure, and just hearing stuff like that it makes me hope that we can overcome things like that, and that women will start to be recognized for their accomplishments just as much as men are, because we put in just as much work and we do everything, if not more, that everyone's doing. So for me, it's just, it's just kind of like um, just letting me know that it's out there and that it's there's still a lot of change to come, even with all the progress that's been made. 
Yeah, this is going to be the first Olympics where women will be boxing. Yeah. Which is, you know, I guess it's like the last sport mm -hmm. left where there was only a men's side and not a women's side. I'm a big boxing fan, so I will be watching. But... Um, it's just, it's, it seems odd that here we are 2012 and we're still breaking down such basic, basic barriers. Um, but you guys are another generation. I mean, you didn't grow up with a lot of these ideas and concepts about can't. I mean, most of your life there's been a WNBA, right? Mm -hmm. um, so do you see that as a breakthrough when you see something like this? Okay, now women are boxing at the Olympics or is it just another day? For you, does that stuff inspire you? It it really inspires me. I mean, it pushes me like to, you know, push harder and you know, so I could be recognized one day like that. So, I mean, I feel like they. Sh I respect both sides. Like I like the men's and women's team. So, but I mean, I do feel like they don't really represent the women good enough. But. I mean, one day I feel like we will be represented, you know. You guys will should. change that. Yes, we will be I think able to change, change that. Yes. Kind of counting on you guys to change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tahira, what, what do you feel about it? And, you know, now especially we have First Lady Michelle Obama, which mm -hmm. is another level of, you know, watching someone and being able to say, wow, I can go there, I could do that, or I could represent myself in this way. Does that impact you? I, do, I definitely think that the First Lady is a huge inspiration um, to me and women and young girls all over the world. But coming from an all-girls school, I think that when I hear something like that, it's I have a different reaction because in my environment, I was always taught that women can do everything and women will do everything. Uh, especially now with such a role model as Michelle, Miss Obama um, in the White House, you know, leading, doing making strides for the entire country i just feel like when you hear that um we finally have a women's boxing team in the olympics it's just you know it's just us making more strides as we have always been well as i and in my surroundings being in an all-girls school all women's environment for the most part you know have been taught to do um, I want to hear about, you know, things you guys are doing that maybe are outside the academic and athletic resume. And um, we're taking your phone calls, 520-KJLH, 520-5554. Coach E is here, uh, Eric Nall, and we've got a studio full of young scholars, young athletes, uh, Tahira Nall. Raven Miller, Morgan Thomas, and Courtney Morning are here. And I want to hear from Coach E as well um, when we get back. You always talk about being a father of daughters. What are the special things that we do for our young women that work? What are the things that we should be doing more of? Love to hear your thoughts on that as well. 520-KJLH, 520-5554. It's the front page. And we are at the kitchen table. There's room for you. The original university. This is the front page on Radio Free. 102.3 KJLH Let me hear you say Come 
Coast. That's right. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood with Dominic DePrima. And we're ready to bring another one of those great ultimate transformation people on. Mr. Avi Bernard in the fifth quarter. Indeed, indeed. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, Avi, one of the uh, people who we met through Ultimate Transformations Training. Now he's a regular KJLH dude <laughs> doing our sports thing, being an air personality. Good morning, Avi. Good morning, Dominique, and thanks. And always thanks to Coach. I always appreciate having him here. And like you said, without him, I wouldn't be a part of this team, and I don't even know where I'd be in this life without Coach. E. So, you know, it's all, I always love having his folks on here with us, our folks. But um, the Olympics literally kicked off yesterday with women's soccer. The United States beat France 4-2, even though opening ceremonies aren't till tomorrow night. Uh, USA men's basketball plays this Sunday, coincidentally, also against France. The Olympics are always a really exciting time, obviously coming around only once every four years. But one of the main reasons I love the Olympics is because of the diversity, seeing people from all over the world compete against each other. Um, obviously, politics and relations between ethnicities are far from perfect, but both within our own country and in every country. But during these games, I think it's great to see athletes of all different ethnicities represent their countries together. There are a lot of local athletes to look for in this year's games, one of which is Don Harper, who won the gold medal in the uh, 100-meter hurdles in the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. She grew up in St. Louis, but she graduated from UCLA, still lives in in the Los Angeles area, and she's trying to become the first hurdler to medal at two different Olympic Games. She's already making history just by being in London because no hurdler has even has ever medaled and went back to the Olympics the next time around. So uh, the Olympics will be going on till uh, August, till the middle of August, and I just want everyone to enjoy having so many people from within our own community to support and lift up. And that is the fifth quarter. Avi, um, it starts Friday. It starts Friday night, right? Officially. Officially, but they already started yesterday. The big hoopla, the opening ceremony. It's confusing to me because I I love watching the Olympics, but I never know when anything is on. And it's like... It's always on. It's on all day, every day. Yeah, but I never... I don't know. It's like they play the boxing in the middle of the night, which I want (laughs) to see. And then it seems like whenever I turn it on, it's gymnastics, which I also enjoy. But it's like, (laughs) I feel like I just... How are you having preseason games and then you're having actual games, but the thing doesn't start till tomorrow? That's confusing. I don't know it's why like they you would... have kickoff first and then the national anthem. I don't know why they would do the ceremony after they start playing the games. It doesn't it, make any sense. It does, but know, they so do. They're trying to confuse me, Avi. They're, it's working. Yeah, know. it's it's working. <laughs> it, it confuses me also, but you know, it's just there's so many different events and they they have so little time to get so much in yeah. that they just they're always on. And like you said, the middle of the night. That's one of the exciting things though. Whenever you turn the TV on, something's on. One of the games. Yeah, is on. well if I'm tired during the next and, month or so on the front page, you know I was up watching boxing. And a lot of those people though, <laughs> like a lot of those people are from the Los Angeles area, so it's really exciting to see. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate the updates, and um, I'm looking forward to following uh, your lead and uh, Coach E's lead and figuring out what the heck is on when and what is really going on. Imagine you do the coin toss, do the kickoff, he runs it back for a touchdown, and then we sing the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what they're doing. The Olympics are special that way. Uh, is there anyone you're watching in particular, Coach e, Any yeah. athletes that you have your eye on? You know what? Um you know, this year, I, I'm just anxious about the American um, sprint teams, you know, because we have 
for the last couple of Olympics, we, you know, we can pretty, you know, beat up with the Jamaican teams, you know, and uh-huh. our relays, you know, we, we have a tendency the last couple of years to drop batons. So, you know, I hope that we have a, a little bit more focus this year so we can really, you know, have a fair race with them, complete the baton passes. So we, I, I really think we can beat the Jamaican team. So um, you think that's intimidation? I, you think we're, we, you know, were you saying bolted out and I, we just think, yeah, I was going to say, know, what do you think beats I, all those drop batons? I, I think the biggest issue with American athletics and sports is that we have so much competition here in the United States. Like, we have a lot of NCAA runners who actually have run some of the fastest times in the world. But because they go through their their conference finals, then NCAA finals, then you have to go to an Olympic trials, and then the Olympic trials gets you to the Olympics. We have to run so many races to get there. And they come from all different parts of the country that we don't have enough practice time to perfect the things that we need to perfect. It's like a couple of, you know, three to four weeks that we do this as a team. If we had, you know, designated people maybe six months before and just let them train up into Do it. other countries do that? Yeah, because they don't have as many athletes as we, we do. No, they I don't mean, have the competition. Exactly. So they can be more precise and they can pick the ones they want to make it and have I mean, I know if you, if you look at a country like Cuba where they pick you're going to be a boxer, yeah. not only do you know you're going to be chosen to go, you're being supported. Hey, you t- know, you don't have to scrap. And, um, you know, and everyone in here is, is the young ladies that we have today have done a great job but so many of us get stuck just trying to pay the bill to be on the team you know to buy the equipment to travel and all that jamaica's doing the same thing jamaica they're going out and designating young people you know in you know six seven eight years old and if they have the biomechanics that they think they can work with they start grooming them towards running and sprinting also i know they want to call it socialism but to me it, it it doesn't make any sense for our young people to have to compete against people who have been supported their whole life to do nothing but train. That's what makes and us so great. And ours have to work, you know, that's at what, Ralph's and train. That's what makes us so great. We can do it all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I would like to see more support for <laughs> uh, particularly women, you know, yes. and I know Title IX takes care of that to an extent. But even men and women who are not... Um, wealthy, you know, mm-hmm. to, I think we'd probably see more, don't you agree? I don't know if you do, more African Americans in baseball, for example, if there was support and it wasn't just Definitely. the parents have to come out of pocket. Yeah. And I don't know how that works, but it seems like it should be in place. I think the statistic, I think maybe 12 years, 15 years ago, there were the Major League Baseball League was 28, 29% um, African American. Now it's down to 8%. Um, wow. You know, so, you know, I, I believe that baseball became more popular within the community. We had more financial support where we could have the baseball clinics and camps and, right. and the leagues. I mean, because really, a lot of the athletes that's playing in Major League right now aren't really super athletes. They've just been given the grooming, and they can and they can hit the curveball. Yeah, it's easier to grow up playing football or basketball because they're more readily available. Yep. And baseball is not. There aren't diamonds and, and baseballs and gloves for everyone, but you can just go shoot around with everybody at the park. So it's a lot easier to, to be some good in that. Your skill. Yep. Uh, well, there I saw some uh, information yesterday at LA84 Foundation. There's a young woman named uh, Marlon Esparza mm-hmm. out of Houston, mm-hmm. boxer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's going to get the gold. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Well, she's like a five-time national champion yeah. here in the United States. She's a bad you mama. Love, you love some boxing. I love some boxing. Wow. I, and, you know, yeah, I mean, you got to give it to someone who can just knock 
person out. <laughs> you got to give it to <laughs> With art and skill. Who can take a punch. And those and the training. I mean, you know, I, yeah. yeah, they train like That's you train us. Yeah. Only they get hit. <laughs> 5.37 in the morning. Avi, thank you so much. Thanks, Dominique. If you want to keep up with what Avi's doing, you can go to avibernard.com. Well, you can try to keep up with what Avi's doing. That's his website. And uh, thanks a lot, Avi. My pleasure. It's the front page, and we're focusing on young scholars, young scholars and activists. That's what I'm bringing for the next unforeseeable future, because I want us to be exposed to all of the various things uh, that people are doing and all the positivity in our community. Courtney Morning is here. She goes to El Camino College. She's a student athlete running the 400 and the 800. Morgan Thomas is here. She goes to St. John's University in Queens, New York, and she walked on the women's volleyball team last year. She'll be walking back on because she did real well, and she's putting in that extra time. Raven Miller is here. She goes to St. Mary's Academy. She's 16, and uh, she is preparing to take the next step that she's got to make it through uh, her senior year and continuing her track career track and field career and Tahira Nall is here she is going to Howard University in about 24 hours and, uh, That's right. and she's the daughter of Coach E, um, Eric Nall so she's been training under their system her entire life and we were talking a little during the break um about things you do besides, you know, what we see on paper. We see what schools you went to and what, you know, awards you got. What about extracurricular stuff? Because I know right now um, colleges are really emphasizing, you know, community service and outside interests. And we want to do that anyway because we want to be well-rounded individuals, but we want to get into the schools of our choices. So what are some of the things that you guys are pursuing? Uh, Start with you, Morgan. Since you started off our day today, <laughs> since you're already at college, what do you think? Um, well, being on the team, like we do a lot of community service with each other. Um, we, my favorite favorite experience was working with this organization called the Miracle League, where we worked with um, autistic kids and we gave them an opportunity to play baseball and just really going out and spending time with them, and just seeing how much it brightened up their day was a really great experience. So um, for me, I really enjoy doing community service. So I've been like. Uh, trying to do as much as possible, especially while I'm out here. And, uh, you know, also the ultimate goal was to find an internship or get a job while I was home. But um, it was really hard coming back because everyone else was looking for a job and trying to find an internship. But um, I'm studying psychology, so I was really looking for something in that field. And uh, I was babysitting this summer, and I got an opportunity to actually uh, go and mentor uh, one of the kids I babysit for. His mom is a psychologist, and so she let me kind of go to work with her and see what she did on a daily day basis so that was really a good opportunity for me so I could you know get a feel for what I would like to do when I get older so that's what's really great to hear I know you got a, a lot of stuff you're doing as well and including some media so I'm expecting that when I win the lottery and I'm <laughs> living in Martinique you might be able to step in and take over the show for a little bit until Stevie finds somebody it's a little bit it's a little bit different than the type of media I've been in um, in high school. Oh, it's all the same. I've been an active member of our school newspaper. Well, when I was in high school, since I'm okay, so I'm going to college next year. But um, I've been an active member of our school newspaper for the past four years, um, and that's been a lot of fun because I really enjoy writing, and it's also taught me to be like a 
to be a real go-getter. Like, you have to go out and you have to find people and hunt them down and get interviews and um, uh, sit down and talk to them and you have to work around their schedule. So it's also taught me to manage my time better because I have to... It's, it's not about my schedule. It's about the person I'm trying to go find and talk to because they're the one who has all the information for me. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, and as I said, I really love to write. So I just, I joined the newspaper because I wanted to write. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'd like to study English in college next year is because, um, you know, I've been kind of grooming my skills as much as I can to be any kind of writer, whether it's a newspaper as a publication or for public policy, you know, I've just been trying to broaden my horizons for the different types of, of opportunities I have for, um, um, in English and literature. I'm sure Dr. Horn is smiling right now because one of the big complaints that he has as a professor is that uh, young people today don't focus enough on writing skills. That's right. But Dominique, can we go to a couple callers? Let's do it. You know, we have uh, in L.A. Charles from L.A. Good morning, Charles. You're radio free on 102.3 KJLH. Welcome. Yes, it's, uh, it's always uh, great to hear, hear these uh, high-achieving young black folks when they're on the, on the radio, so I really appreciate the show this morning. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, one, one point, though, that I'm, I'm concerned about, though, is the, uh, you know, you're talking about the decline in the number of baseball players. Well, there's a decline in our youth. Just the percentage of the black population is on decline when you look at uh, under the age Angeles. of 30. So you're going to see less black folks in sports, but in less Los black Angeles. radio stations, just across the board. Just no, 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 no. Statistically, that doesn't bear out all over the country. It bears out in Los Angeles. Statistically, the census shows um, Asian Americans' population growing the fastest, partly because of birth rate and partly because of immigration. Um, but African-American uh, birth rate is still competitive. It's just that everybody's moving out of L.A. A lot of people are moving back south, south where it's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. And they, they believe less violent. I don't know. But um, th- let's not just think that we're disappearing because that's n- it's not borne out by the numbers. It's not borne out by and, the numbers. And, and, you know, and the comment that I was making in regards to the low numbers of baseball players and you know one one thing also is happening now is that the specialization that we're doing with our children is that you know we're having them choose one sport um, so early on in their lives that they're okay if they're a football player then they're just going to play football and they get all the grooming for that I just really believe they play they should play sports year round you know or do something year round you know we played everything coming up you know I played baseball basketball you know and football and you know I, I did that all the way pretty much through high school uh, until I got hit you know and with that baseball that baseball hurt and I said I'd just rather play some football and basketball oh, like, like getting hit by linebackers <laughs> doesn't hurt. No. <laughs> 5.44 in the morning. That's all about what you like and what you want to do. Right. But I, I've found that, you know, as I, I do a lot of work with the LA84 Foundation, I found that it seems like sports experts are more and more saying, don't specialize too early. Allow your child to develop skills in many different areas. You know, when, about, around when is it? 
I think when they get to high school is when they should start trying to figure out the particular sport that they really want to concentrate on because I think now they, you know, kind of know what they love and know what they want, you know, especially with running, you know, sprinting, um, you know, so many um, young people get burned out so early on because they compete so hard. You know, a, a perfect example that, you know, a young person can run, you know, close to, you know, 100 races in a season, you know, in sprints. And that's such a violent, you know, activity to the body that if you do that, you know, three, four, five, six years, you can tear your body down and then the love for that you know your, your performance is going to diminish of course but then your love for the sport also will diminish and that's you know here's here's a chance to you possibly take a talent and give yourself an opportunity to go to college with it that you take away because you've burnt the young person out or made the body you know not able to respond and, and perform so you know, I just really believe that you let them play as many sports as possible. And then when they get to high school, then put the focus on and let them train hard. Because if the fitness level is there, they can probably make a transition. They, can, they right? sure can. Yeah, so many stories. Um, Anita DeFrance, who's the head of LA 84 Foundation, which of course is the foundation created with the money from when we had the Olympics here in LA. And it was the first time that the, the Olympics were really profitable. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Surprise! Come to L.A. We do a show. We go make money off of it. Um, but that's still paying dividends because that money every year pays yes. for youth sports. And that Olympics was in 1984. They're still giving out about $9 million a year to youth sports. But Mr. France, who's, who's African-American, who's the director of that foundation, said she found her sport in college. Yeah. She started rowing, and she has a bronze medal. Wow. So we think we have to, you know, give them the edge, put them in every... You know, every tennis camp or every basketball camp, and it may not be. They may be able to excel and really go far without necessarily specializing that early. You know what, D? You know what, Dominic, that I, I want everyone to know is that don't look at the child or the, you know, the individual from the standpoint of being a football, track, volleyball. Like these four ladies standing here, they're all great athletes. To be a great athlete means you can do a whole bunch of things, and you can take that athleticism and transition it into your sport, and you can become better at it. So help them just to become the best athlete they can be, and then as they become more focused on what they want, they can transition to this particular sport and become super dynamic at it. It's the front page. We are taking your phone calls, 520-KJLH, 520-5554. More straight ahead. It's Total Talk Expression, Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. Always increasing the family. The front page, Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. The original community. This is the front page. Radio Free, 102.3, KJLH. Let me hear you say, hey, give money, 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 hey. That's right, we're Radio Free, 102.3, KJLH, Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood. I'm Eric Nall, also known as Koji. And just to remind you, family, front page family, you know, our ultimate transformation on, on this Saturday, we have our camps um, Saturday morning. We have the circuit camp for adults. Uh, we start at 6.45 a.m. and go to 8 o'clock. And then we follow that with 
the youth speed and conditioning camps, which start at 8.30 and go to 10 o'clock. Um, both camps are $25, um, you know, per person. And if there's more than one child, we do an incredible group rate. So we make it uh, doable for everyone. Uh, remember that the circuit camps is for all fitness levels. Um, we break you up into fitness groups um, where in which we work on base, flexibility, uh, some strength and conditioning, um, base cardio. And then we advance those programs individually, you know, per the person. So, and the speed camp is from kids ages 7 through college level. So looking forward to seeing you this Saturday. We are at Kenneth Hahn Park. We are almost out of time here, but I want to thank you ladies for being with us this morning and sharing. I know it's is it the first time on the radio for everybody. Yes. yes. You guys were awesome. You were poised. You were um, very well representing um, yourselves and the other young uh, women of this city and this region. Quickly, though, before we... Um, uh, pass the mic. I want to just have you uh, say one thing, either something that you're major that you're working on or something that you feel would inspire other young people that you could share. You want to go first, Raven? Um, Raven Miller. <laughs> I want to, in the future, something I really want to become is a, a ultrasound technician. I want to be in the medical field and really like, get to be just in, the, in there and get to experience things. Great. Keep in touch with us. We need an ultrasound technician that we know personally. Um, Courtney, you want to go next? Courtney Morning. Yes. I wanna, um, I'm, I'm a kinesiology major. I want to become an athletic trainer to help other athletes that would, will have injuries and stuff like that, like to better themselves. Yeah, we need you on our wellness directory, too, <laughs> when, once you graduate. And Miss Morgan Thomas? Um, I'm studying psychology, so I want to be a children's therapist in schools and help out kids in need. And people who act like kids or just kids? Um, <laughs> probably both. I mean, right. Well, I'm then we need you to. <laughs> uh, to hear and all on your way to Howard, congratulations. Uh, what would you leave us with? Um, well, I intend to study um, English and political science when I go to college, but I'd like to turn that into either a career in um, writing public policy or um, writing for a publication. I hope to be a published author one of these days so yes well, probably by mm, i'm thinking december <laughs> well congratulations ladies you certainly have inspired us all and, and brightened up our morning our weekend our summer so we wish you the very best and we hope that you will keep in touch with us so we can keep our eyes on all of the wonderful things you will continue to do on your path and um, we want to give some love to a young woman who has actually brought some um, vittles food for our front page crew she's got a new restaurant it's a raw vegan restaurant here in Inglewood that has got an incredible buzz on the streets I have people that that don't even like me that much offering to take me out to lunch just because they want an excuse to go there the restaurant is called Little Eden the owner is Mo Dupuy and good morning good morning good morning Congratulations. Inglewood I, I, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing that you are doing things with raw foods that are just amazing. Well, I want to get our folks eating raw foods because we need to get off the top of all the lists you never want to be on. Cancer, obesity, heart disease, stroke, etc. So you got to make it taste good if you want to get our folks to eat it. And that's real talk. That's right. <laughs> that's real talk. Um, well, you look great. I mean, you, you are beautiful and you obviously are practicing what you preach in terms of what you're eating. A lot of people would say, though, vegan raw food, I'm going to put that in West Hollywood or Santa Monica. Why Inglewood? Because that's my target audience. 
And so being right in the community, I get so much love from people saying, I don't have to go to Santa Monica or West Hollywood or any place like that to eat this type of food. And, and also it's a place to become very educated about what we're doing right and what we need to start doing better. I hear the rumor is the word on the street is that y'all really feed people too. We don't get like two bean sprouts. Like we get a lot of food and we're like full. full. Right. Uh, the most popular dish is called the everything plate. And that means if I've got three dishes or seven dishes completed when you come into the restaurant, it's over a pound of food. And so that's what a lot of people <laughs> like wow. because it's a lot of variety. So if you get, I only have three dishes finished, it's still over a pound of food you get. If I have seven, you got seven varieties and it's a, over a pound of food. Give us an example of what of those three things or four okay. things might be. Let's start out with something familiar. How about a collard green dish? I call them dishes instead of salads because when you say salad, everybody thinks green leaf over here, green leaf right. over there. So I, I like to do a chopped uh, dish called a collard green delight. It's got sun-dried tomatoes and capers and all that kind of wonderful thing. And everybody says, this is not cooked? This is not cooked? No, once the sun is finished with it, all you can do, if you add heat to it, is take away from the nutrients. Vitamin C is killed immediately uh, or destroyed right away when you start heating food. So collard green, I make a cauliflower collage. I have so many people come in and say, "I, I, I don't eat cauliflower. They love this dish. Awesome. Um, yeah, I do anything. Asparagus, Brussels sprouts, collard greens, bok choy, whatever looks good at market goes on a plate. Where are you located? We're at 446 South Market Street. We call it the Little Eden Experience inside Rosalie's Restaurant. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful mixture because she does another type of food. She does cooked food. We do the all raw. And you're open every day? Every day, Monday through Saturday, noon to 8 p.m. And our phone number is 414, yes, 414-364-2253. That's 414-364-2253. You can call and find out what we've got on the menu, order ahead, etc. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure meeting you. Can't wait to try it. Little Eden is the spot. 446 South Market. We'll have it posted at DominiqueDeprima.com and KJLHradio.com. And thank you for making us better. All right. Thank you so much. Or mot de poids, should I say. Uh, Eric Knoll, Coach E, passing the mic to you, the ultimate affirmation specialist, bringing us on home. What we witnessed, what we witnessed this morning is these beautiful ladies who have incredible mastery of thought. So let's leave, I leave you today with this. When you change your thinking, you change your beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you change your expectations. When you change your expectations, you change your attitude. When you change your attitude, you change your behavior. When you change your behavior, you change your performance. And when you change your performance, you have changed your life. Thank you, Front Page Family. Peace and be more. Till next time, Radio Free Family. One love.